This is the podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Sport on here at Money FM 89.3. We're celebrating the 50th episode of the Straits Times Sports Podcast, a game of two halves with the sports podcasters themselves together here for the first time in the studio live as well. I'm Bernard Labour. With me are ST Sports correspondent David Lee. Yeah, hi. <laughs> and uh, ST Sports uh, journalist and the coach. Uh, hi, Bernard. Yeah, and of course, today's uh, biggest news in the sporting world here in Singapore, uh, National Swimmer Theresa Go as well. Welcome to the studio. Hello, thank you for having us. Okay, now today, the first half of the, the chat will be about uh, you, Theresa. Theresa, of course, uh, she announced her retirement uh, today uh, via her Facebook. And in the second half of this chat, we'll be going to talk about the uh, national football team's renaissance as a currently top Group D of the World Cup qualifiers. So let's kick off uh, three years ago with you. Earlier today, you announced your retirement after 20 years of competitive uh, swimming. Uh, you are definitely Singapore's very first uh, swimming world champion and became the first local female swimmer to kind of compete at the Paralympic Games in 2004 as well. Thank you for your contributions to Singapore Sports. And, and why did you decide to retire now? To be honest, it was really more an internal feeling. So, I mean, I've tried to retire a few times, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I've thought of retiring once after Beijing when I, I didn't quite achieve my goals, mm-hmm. you know, and I was really in quite a, a low place. I thought that meant that it was time to quit. And then later on, when I was after Rio, I thought maybe also this was time to quit, you know. But both times, it just never really felt. And I think it's the only time you really know when it's time to go is, is the only person who knows is you, you know. So mm-hmm. I just felt like it was time. I'm ready to move on. And I made like actual actions to, to, to leave, you know. And, and how, how yeah. long ago have you been pondering over this? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like for like properly thinking about it, I think a few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a difficult decision to make? It was so hard. Like I think with everything, it's it's always a hard thing to say goodbye. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, being in this for twenty years, it's not easy. Thinking of a life after sport, you know, I think it's it's the same for a lot of many athletes. Um, they they we all go through the same thing. You know, we have put our lives sometimes on hold to do this to our to do our sport. You know, mm-hmm. and to do, to do it the best we can and to leave something we don't think about often and until we have to like you said 20 years is really a long time yeah and you know what are some of your highlights and the challenges rather you have encountered in your long career I've had a lot of ups and downs, I think. I mean, the definite down, I mean, it was beating, you know. I've had a few stumbles, you know. I've, I've been tired and then thinking that's burnt out, but, you know, it's not quite. And then mm. and then really some of my highs are when getting world records or, or being at games where, I don't know, it's just more fun than others. Or mm. I, I really enjoy Commonwealth Games because it's one of, I think it's probably the only one where they have a mix of able-bodied athletes and para-athletes at the same games. Mm. And it's something that was really fun to be part of. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of ups and downs, but I think that's what makes this whole journey interesting. You mm-hmm. know? Well, Theresa, at this moment, we'll bring you Nicole as well. Nicole, you reported and covered on several occasions at the various events of Theresa. What do you think of, right. uh, of Theresa's uh, para-sports uh, legacy? Well, this is very stressful to answer because she's right next to me. <laughs> I, I don't even know my legacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, she's definitely put Singapore on the map, you know, through her achievements of mm. being the first swimming world champion and all the world records that she's held. But you know, I think going beyond that, her legacy, not just for Parasport, is one of resilience and belief because that whole 17-year quest for a Paralympic medal, coming back from what she described as her lowest point, that's something that I think a lot of human beings can relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in your opinion, what, what do you think we have learned? I mean, all of us have learned uh, from Theresa, I mean, and also indeed her fellow swimmer and 
my best friend as well, uh, Yip Pin Siu, so exploits in and out of the pool. Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> to put it very broadly, I think resilience definitely for one. And also just being a nicer human being. And that it's okay to admit that you're human and to learn from your mistakes. Because one story I remember that Teresa shared with me when we were at her house last week was... Mm-hmm. So we were flipping through this uh, folder of her past newspaper clippings. Mm-hmm. And in an interview she gave when she was 14, she said something about, you know, when people stare at me, I want to slap them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she was reflecting. On that. <laughs> yeah, she was reflecting on that. She said, I should not have said that. And, and you know, it, it's about like what a lot of what she said about, you know, evolving as a human being and right. always, you know, not being so set in your ways that you can't improve yourself. So mm. I think that that's really one thing that all of us can, can take from her. Mm. Mm. So I'm sure you, you must have uh, encountered many people today, uh, Theresa, yourself. I mean, after you announced, make the announcements of your retirement, any surprises you've met along the way since the morning you posted on Facebook? I haven't had time to process. <laughs> I'm still replying them. <laughs> but I mean, I, I've glanced through a few of my messages and I, I think, I don't know, I, I will have a really hard time tonight really processing it all, I think. Really heartwarming messages, a lot of words of encouragement. Sometimes it doesn't feel real. I've gone through, even the past few months, or even after I kind of had decided there were still moments of hesitance mm. and, and kind of uh, uncertainty because yeah I mean it's just a hard thing to, to kind of grasp you know that I'm going to move on to a new chapter mm-hmm. and then <laughs> I'll have moments of like maybe I should like not <laughs> <laughs> have you heard from Inbal? I mean you I said in Rio you said yeah I, 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 we don't really keep in contact we only see each other like Inbal, my, my competitor mm-hmm. we've been competing for ages you know we've been through many world champs together we, are, we at one point were like one and two you know battling towards baiting you know um, and she's 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 uh, been an amazing competitor to kind of compete against um, I think I just gonna, I know I'm gonna miss competing I'm gonna miss you're gonna miss um, a 9am training as you oh, I'm so gonna miss that. <laughs> <laughs> a 7am training <laughs> I'm gonna miss all of that you mm. know I mean the hard parts the, the easy parts every part of it I'm gonna miss for sure but I think with a lot of things we also have to learn to let go and mm. I will learn to let go <laughs> soon and obviously what, what, what's next for, for Theresa Go I mean what's next for you what do you plan to do after retiring from competitive swimming um, the first thing is to go on holiday <laughs> I think you need that yeah Pinksy and I and a couple of friends are going to Iceland on Wednesday we'll take a good break uh, enjoy the sights you know and then after that I'll be I'll probably take a, a break for a couple of months but during which I have to go in a job search <laughs> anybody hiring please uh, <laughs> Please text contact me. Teresa on social media. <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> Are you going to stay in swimming? Do you, do you think you would do something related to swimming? I mean, it definitely has to at one point come to that because I, I want to give back, you know, to mm. the community that has given so much to me and not just swimming, not just para-sports, but, you know, sports in general. I think I feel like I would love to contribute. I love to give back in any way that I can, you know. But, I mean, I'm also keen to kind of explore other options and see what, what else is out there. Because for now, all that I can say for sure is that I swim very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going to take a couple more days for all the sinking. Yeah, for, uh, it so will, for sure, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. maybe a month from now, from now, I'll be in my room just thinking, oh my gosh, I have no training, I have nothing... 
that I have to already plan for, and mm. then what am I going to do now? You know, I think it will it will come to a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we will be talking to uh, uh, Theresa Go. Of course, uh, she announced her retirement from uh, swimming today this morning uh, via her own Facebook. Uh, to let everybody know that she's going to be uh, retiring uh, for for a while and kind of stop swimming. So so if you like uh, the Money FM eighty nine point three at the Straits Times uh, spot on and a game of two halves, you can listen to it to us live here on Money FM eighty nine point three from Monday at five fifteen p.m. Every Monday, or you can subscribe to a game of two halves on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even Spotify, and like us and give us a rating as well. So now let's move on to the second half of our conversation today on our chat today with our ST Sports uh, podcasters. Well, the national football team uh, kicked off uh, Group D of the Joint World Cup and Asian Cup qualifiers with an encouraging two-all draw against uh, Yemen before seeing off a much higher-ranked uh, Palestine in a stunning two-one victory. Uh, David, after years of disappointment And you've been covering sports all these years as well Especially for football right. uh, What was so impressive about them in the last two games With talks of, uh, of Go 2034 uh, Are Singapore going to the World Cup? Okay, okay uh, Hold your horses, cowboy <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't think we have what it takes just yet to get to the World Cup But we can certainly try Of course, every round of qualifiers is, is an opportunity to do so But what was so impressive about the Lions though uh, Was how they got fans and the media thinking when was the last time they played so well mm-hmm. after the 2-1 win over Palestine I, I was ch- chatting with Haris Harun the skipper and he admitted he couldn't remember when was the last time they played so well mm. we, we sort of discussed about it and, and we agreed that perhaps it was the 1-0 win over Indonesia mm. in last year's Suzuki Cup group okay. stage then after that the next game they played with the same lineup, and then they lost to the Philippines one, <laughs> 1-0 okay. and, and they crashed out of the, of the group stage mm. and even further back you have to go back to you know 2012 Suzuki Cup for the last time they played good back-to-back matches mm. it was I think a 1-0 win over the Philippines followed by a 3-1 win over Thai- Thailand that helped us to, to lift the trophy so uh, and, and guess what you know you have to go back even further to the last time you know where we actually beat a much higher ranked opponent mm. I think it was 2006 that's 13 years ago you know where we beat Iraq 2-0 I think generally above the result I, I know results are very important but what was pleasing most pleasing to, to fans uh, to, to all those concerned about about Singapore football was how they played purposeful attacking football confidently. Mm-hmm. And do you think that this is also partly to do with uh, the, the new coach, uh, Tetsuma Yoshida, who's been in charge for only a short while? What, what impact do you think he has, he has brought to the team? Right, I, I think he's uh, been appointed only in May. He's had less than less than fewer than 15 training sessions. You know how we talked about his possible language barrier, right? Because mm-hmm. he speaks halting English. But somehow he's made a mockery out of that suggestion. You know, Harris was telling me how somehow, you know, the team understand perfectly what he wants of them. I don't know if this is the language of football, <laughs> language or sport, whatever it is, but they, they know what he expects of them. Another national player, Gabriel, Gabriel Quack, he told me that the players, they want to give their best for him because he trusts them mm. and injects them with, with belief. Perhaps in the past, uh, we, we tend to have coaches who focus more on opponent strength, you know, when, when we play against much stronger teams and how we can try to negate these qualities of the opponents. But I feel there's a sense that Yoshida goes beyond that and, and finds ways where, where we can hurt the opponents too. And you look at his team selection, he's not afraid to send attackers on, he's not afraid to tinker. He played a back four against Yemen, back three against Palestine. And we have had... Um, Young players, you know, like Hami, Shahin, Faris Fahan, who received their first caps against Yemen and Palestine. And when Yoshida makes like-for-like changes instead of piling on the defenders to protect the results. Mm-hmm. So when, when there are neither 
token call-ups or guaranteed spots in the team. What he has done is he has fired up his players even across the country, you know, even though those players who were not called up, mm. he's got them fired up and, and thinking that they have every chance to represent the country. So when, when you have such competition, it kills complacency and it helps catalyze improvement in the short term and, and maybe even inspire a future generation. Okay, so very quickly, David, what does the future hold now for the Lions with all these things uh, all put in place? Right, I think we have a good spine, you know, from, from the goalkeeper right through the defence, midfield and and attack with Izwan, Irfan, Safwan, Shakir, Haris, Iksan who are all at a good age you know between 20 to 29 the team must now capitalise on this momentum so it doesn't become just another false dawn I think they must continue to build an identity for themselves they may not reach the World Cup just Mm. yet but I think qualifying for the Asian Cup for the first time is a realistic target and if they trust in Yoshida they must give him time and resources understand they have signed a new Japanese staff coach to assist him that's a good sign because he needs strong backing to do his difficult job well Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, David. Well, it's been an eventful month for Singapore sports in a positive way. In badminton, we had Yo Chiamin beating world number one Akani Yamaguchi at the World Championships. And then we had the bowler Sherry Tan winning the World Bowling Women's Championship Masters event. A diver Jonathan Chan qualifying for the Olympics. And Yipin Siu winning two goals at the World Para Swimming Championships. So, Theresa, before we let you go, what's your wish for Singapore sports? Wow, I have so many wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Do I just have three? Um, I mean, I, I I really do wish to see continued growth, continued inclusiveness. Like, I just wish the best for it, you know. We've seen Singapore sport grow. I've seen it grow since I started to now. And all I can hope for is that it continues. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. I wish you a lot of the very best, Theresa. Thank you. Okay, I'm sure we'll see you around. That goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We hope they enjoyed listening to us. Glad to have you in or in the studio. Thank you very much once again, Theresa, David, and Nicole, our colleagues from the Straits Times Sports Department. Thanks, for it. Bye. That was an SPH podcast by the Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast at sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.